Welcome to another very special edition of the Race Hour podcast. We will be joined on this by Jonathan Moore, who's going so well with the Rebecca Curtis Yard. That's coming up a little bit later, fresh from the biggest day in his career, of course, winning on the Irish Cavalier in the Charlie Hall. And he's got a big weekend ahead. We catch up with him as well about Hennessy Hopes. That's just around the corner. Joining me in the studio uh, from our host at BetBright, of course, it's myself, Dean Ryan, Dermot Nolan and Dave McGurin. It's good to have you boys in the studio. We're going to catch up about a little bit of last week's racing first. So, gents, I guess we should start with what was considered a big champion hurdle hope. That was Apple's Jade ran in the WKD hurdle and uh, disappointed. Yeah, to be beaten by Rashan means you're not a champion hurdle contender in my book, regardless of ground, regardless of anything. Uh, she's going now for the mayor's hurdle, which does make perfect sense. It's her first year after being a juvenile dean, and I just think uh, it happens, you know, to, to a lot of very good four-year-olds didn't make it that well in their five-year-old season, and we have to move on from it, really. Gordon Elliott said um, they'll step her up and trip and win plenty of races. That's probably true, Dave. It is. I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily step her up in a distance yet. I mean, it's the start of the season. We don't know how she's going to fare it out. All her form was in the spring last year. So I think it's a, a very, it's too quick to just disregard uh, her form last year and go on the basis of this one run. I thought the race itself, the one for me to take out of it was Petite Monsieur. Uh, Rashan came here off, the flat, uh, off a flat win. He was fit. He's very ground dependent, 100% fit going into it. Rashan's not a horse you're going to be able to follow till the spring. He's not going to get his ground as soon as we start getting proper proper national hunt ground. Out of the three of them, Petit Monsieur, he travelled very well in the race. He made it, he was very untidy coming to the last hurdle and more or less seemed to settle in third. I think if he steps up in distance, he won a point to point, made all from the front. I think if, if they start being more aggressive with the rides with him and let him front run, I think he'll improve a lot. The big question is whatever they're going to step, him over, uh, step up defences now, or to keep him over hurdles. But I think the step up in this is something I saw just needs. there, he's entered in the fighting fifth. And you can imagine him now going from the front and that, couldn't you? Just being really aggressive and grounding him down on ground he'd like as well, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, the two times he's gone from the front was at Aitree, where he was just beaten half a length. And the other time was in his point-to-point win. So that was a decent race to get the weekend kind of underway. I was impressed with the likes of Sub Lieutenant and Val Salido. It was a big day for um, David Mullins as well. He was so confident about Sub Lieutenant being a very special horse when we caught up with him on the race hour last time out. And Sub Lieutenant looks a proper star. I think he could go places. They could actually have a Ryanair horse, couldn't they? A yeah. horse that's actually designed for that trip. I mean. I saw a brilliant comment on Twitter that it wouldn't be like Gigan Sound to actually run a horse built for the trip over the trip. I think genuinely he has a he's a proper chance. He's a really good horse, and Henry de Bromhead has turned him inside out. I mean, last year he wasn't travelling, sub lieutenant wasn't taking the cut of his fences, and this year he's travelling like a really good horse. And I just think he's he's a proper horse dean, and uh, I won't be giving up in Savannah, but uh, he won't be winning. A gold cup anyway. Wow, that's in the space of seven days. You've completely turned, uh, turned <laughs> yeah. around there. Had but to get that clear. Gold clear now. <laughs> gold cup to, to a, a three-mile handicap chase somewhere. Yeah. On good ground. Yeah. They'll, good find, ground. they'll find something for Zabana if he consents to race. Yeah, disappointing from him, but sub-lieutenant impressed me. Uh, Dave, vast leader and sub-lieutenant, just throw them at yeah, you. Yeah, sub-lieutenant to me, he was impressive. Uh, probably will go down the Ryanair route. The only thing I would say is that Outlander finished three and a half lengths behind him. Uh, Sub-Lieutenant was coming into the race with the benefit of a run. Outlander, first run of the season, and he made an absolutely horrific mistake on the sixth fence, and it took a while for Ruby to recover from that. So, 
well, he looked visually impressive. I think I'd have to see some lieutenant again before I'd before I'd kind of think that he's improved that much. He just lo- jumps well, looks well. But how much improvement, I don't know. Okay, Vasilito looks a gold cup contender for me now. Uh, at least a King George contender. I mean, in fairness to Willie Mullins, I said last week that you know because I, I fancied Vasilito and I said I thought that it was Willie's fault, but it wasn't. I look back in quotes and Willie had said a good few times he thought that horse wasn't out and out stayer. He should have won the Irish Gold Cup last year and. He just looks now like he's over the right trip. It's an open King George, and I wouldn't be too far away from backing him this year, Dean. He doesn't excite me as much as maybe he does you, and I think that's just because I'm used to him being down the pecking order. He, he did exactly what we perhaps thought he should do at the weekend. I think Ruby Walsh said that as well. He'll go without my money next time, but I'm not saying he isn't the right type. Yeah, he just travelled so well on uh, Saturday. I mean, it was, he was very, very impressive. You'd have to think Silvio Nacocante has gone backwards and deteriorating. Uh, Monksland was only uh, coming into the race and was starting to travel well. He fell at the 13th. I wouldn't like to have seen where he finished. Just on the visual form, I think he was very impressive. I'd, I'd like to see him take a crack at the King George. I think he's improved. I think he's the right age and I think he, he's entitled to really go in an open year to the uh, Gold Cup. I mean, with a favourite, having a favourite, a first season chaser, favourite now for the Gold Cup, you'd have to think uh, he'd have to take his chance there. Okay, the boy's pretty keen on Vals Leader. Uh, we should talk about a bit of the English racing that happened. Southfield Theatre, we're all very sweet on for that bad Gerald, so I think he would have won, but he, he'd come down at the last, which was unfortunate for him. Gentleman John uh, picked up the pieces. Bit of a disappointing race in the end for me. It was, it was between the two, and I actually thought um, Harry Cobden had given Southfield Theatre a peach of a ride up until that point. Now, obviously, the fall wasn't his fault, the, the horse fell. That, that happens in racing, as we all know, but I just thought that Southfield Theatre looks like a horse that wants further and if they actually minded his mark now he could be something for a Welsh National, a Scottish National or even the Intergrand National because he's on a very good mark now. He looks very well in because he didn't jump very well, he didn't really travel very well and he still looked like the winner of the race. Yeah, it was a bit scratchy in the contest actually, he came through towards the end to pick it up but it didn't look like that all the way around. What did you think Dave? He makes mistakes in all his races yeah. and the jumping is a big worry and I thought the race uh, lost a lot of its gloss when Ziggy Boy, Young Master, there was quite a few Massively so, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think he ran to his mark there the other day. Uh, he would have won if he hadn't fallen, but it, it tells us very little about him. Let's talk about Sco Royale, another win in the, in the book for Alan King's horse, and um, I guess and they've got to go up in they've got to go up in class now. They have, yeah. I mean, Sco Royale, he was impressive. That, that was that was ground a lot uh, faster than he wants. He was going on a very fast track. He'll improve again when the ground's softer. I, I think the step up to grade grade one now, it's going to be the fight in fifth or it'll go straight to the Christmas hurdle. He's improved now. He'll go off a mark at 156, which is probably deserved. It's a pity he didn't keep that mark for the Great Wood on Sunday. He'd be going in on 139. It would have been a, a nice mark to go in off. That would have been a podcast charge in here, I think, of, yeah, one, of yeah. that mark, with hindsight, obviously. It's just, again, how high up the grade can he go? It's, it's hard to know. Um, you could see maybe placing the champion hurdle and the likes but if the likes of a Fahin any power you know any of those horses really goes for a Christmas hurdle or a fighting fifth I'd be struggling to back him but yeah he'll have to progress again from 156 if he wants to be a serious player for a champion hurdle yeah yeah absolutely the big guns line way for, for Sco Royale can only do what it's been doing though and that's been winning uh, anything else you want to pick out I wanted to give a quick mention to tell us more I thought was pretty good in beating the game changer and a horse I like uh, Alessia Dillon that was a nace in a grade 3 I thought that was pretty decent I think there's more to come from Tellus Moore anything else you might pick out guys I like Tellus Moore as well I don't know what they're going to do with Shantou Village now he's a horse I fancied for the Alba Bartlett last year and he's just not taking a cut 
I'm not convinced it's chasing. I just think he's not doing on the track what Neil Mulholland has believed in him all the way along. And they have a difficult road now with him as to what they actually do with him this year, Dean. Yeah, I thought he was held. I thought he was held when he fell. Yeah. Uh, the one I liked over the weekend would have been Mega Fortune of Gordon Elliott's. Uh, never came off the bridle. Was backed as if the feet was out of question the first day he fell at Tourless. He's probably the most exciting, other than uh, Lamartelan uh, La of uh, No Meads. He's probably the most exciting, obviously, we've seen that in Ireland so far this year. I know it's fairly early. Uh, we haven't seen any really ones as big guns yet. But mega fortune, it'll be interesting to see. He goes for the grade three next, and it'll be interesting to see how, how he steps up. There's another one then for the trackers. Of course, you are listening to the Race Hour podcast. We've got Jonathan Moore coming up next to talk to us about his fantastic start to the season with a trainer who's in absolute flying form, and that's Rebecca Curtis. And that's coming up after this. Introducing Genius, BetBright's newest product that allows you to choose your bets. Genius will give you the ability to select from trends like winner last time out, course winners, distance winners, and many, many more. When you're done narrowing the field with Genius, you'll know exactly what you fancy. Genius by BetBright. Simply smarter betting. Okay, well, joining me on the Race Hour is uh, Jonathan Moore. Johnny, it's a pleasure. Thanks very much for coming on to the Race Hour podcast and uh, and catching up with us. I know you're racing away today and possibly ahead of a big weekend, but I wanted to talk to you about Irish Cavalier and the win in the Charlie Hall. That must have been some thrill. Yeah, no, it was um, a great day. Uh, Rebecca had him primed fit for the day. He, he ran in Chepstow a couple of weeks beforehand and didn't really fire, but um, I think... Um, it was all just really getting them ready for that day in uh, in the Charlie Hall in uh, in Weatherby, and it was a great thrill to get to get the job done on them. I suppose when you line up in a race like that, and I think you made the comment yourself in a, in a recent article with Don McLean, you hadn't sat on too many proper Grade One horses, but he felt like one. Did you feel like he had a great chance going into the race, considering you're up against the likes of Q Card, of course, and Black Lion, a winner from the RSA last year, and even Dinast, who took them along at a healthy old gallop. Did you line up thinking I've got a good chance here, or did you just let the race play out? Um, so I was going in as the underdog. People, a lot of people are saying, "Oh, he's not that class. He shouldn't be off that mark. He's he's a good handicapper, but." I no, no, I had plenty of confidence in him. I rode, I rode him in Punchtown in a, in a Grade A handicap, and he uh, off top weight, carrying a lot more weight than anything else in the field, and he practically won on the bridle, so he won like a class horse. So I had great confidence in him from then. To say that he he can contest these type of races, and I was lining up at the start. There was no pressure on me, um, but uh, I, I definitely was was quietly confident on him. Talk me through the race because I think you you kind of almost had him at sleep at the back, and then when the pace started quicken up, Dinas didn't go a slow pace anyway. He was a little bit flat out, was he? I got the thing about Irish Cavalier. He's a really confident horse, he, and he's he's a great jumper. And uh, they, they went off a real real strong gallop. Dinas went off a real strong gallop, and they're kind of just everyone was in the bunch. And I just wanted Irish guy. I know that is wide on him. I just wanted him in his own little space and just kind of just didn't want him to think he was in a race really uh, of that caliber you know like but he was like early on in the race he was a bit gassy and uh, um, he was flat out but I just I just tried to cajole him along and, and get him jumping and, and, and keep him in touch and he, he was very good for me and, and as soon as we turned down the back the last time uh, he started winging fences and started latching on and he he um, I was just on the heels of cue card the whole way down the back and he wasn't getting away from me and I, I knew at that stage I had a chance 
Was that a conscious decision to, to tack on to cue card? Obviously, everyone's eyes were on him before the race. Did you make that decision kind of mid-race that once you saw him making a move, you, you just hang on the heels? No, uh, I was riding my own race, really, but because um, where I was on the outside and Paddy Brennan had switched cue card out, um, my lad just started winging. I was lashing onto his heels, and I suppose uh, I knew when I was there, um, I, I, I had a great chance to... Uh, take him on um, I felt like I was I was kind of in the driver's seat then at that stage I suppose but it wasn't I didn't set out to do that but it's just the way it worked out I winged the fourth last now I think that's really where, where it got me where I got a lot, a lot of momentum I, I turned into the straight and I was, I was starting to come off like a CQ card was starting to Paddy was starting to niggle on him and I knew I had to get a good jump at the fourth last and he he, he, he probably stood off miles too far out luckily he got there and he he got, he got himself into contention. He went down to the third last. He done the very same thing again. The next thing he was in front, and uh, going down to the second last, he, he got in a little bit tight, but it was very, very good. And down down to the last, he, he really pulled out for me. He, he grinded. He, he put his head down. He winged it, and he he really stuck his neck out. Like he there was doubts over him staying and all that, but I think um, he put all those those. Um, those doubts aside uh, because he, he really did stay and grind it out for me where do you think he can go did he feel a much better horse this time around than he did at Punchestown that was a visually more impressive performance albeit in, in a decent contest at Punchestown great A handicap but to go and win a Charlie Hall and, and do it the way he's done did he feel better stronger yeah well Rebecca assures me every year when he comes in a better horse he's only seven years old now people are forgetting that um, a lot of these good chasers they don't come into their own until they're eight nine and He's only seven, and um, said he came in stronger and better this year. And then I suppose visually, there now you see as he um, he looks that way. Uh, I, I, I suppose now he, he well he is he, he's going for the best fair now, and he's still he's still at a nice price in, in the best fair, and he's still kind of half going in as, a, as an underdog in, in the best fair. But he won't be taken for granted the same way, I'm sure. But uh, no, we're we're really confident that he's going to progress to be be right up there with, with the best chase of the season we're hopeful, quite hopeful that he will be that's really exciting for you and Rebecca then to, to have a horse like that who's already gone and done something almost like won a gold cup in, in fairness to, to the horse but maybe now we've taken seriously for some of the bigger races you start talking about the Betfair chase that's at Haydock uh, in the middle of this month of course so, but there's also got entries in Hennessy I guess that's that's a no-go if he's going for the Betfair and then the King George is an entry I mean that's not really tilting at Wimbles with him is it? No he'll, he'll um he go for the Betfair, and um, that's where he'll start off. He, he won't be going for the Hennessy. Um, see how he runs at the Betfair, but he, he'll, I, he'd be not, like, I'd be very sure he'd be going for the, the King George, regardless of how he runs in the Betfair. And I suppose it's kind of off those two runs, how he run in the Betfair and how he run in the King George, would kind of indicate if um, if we'll be going to Cheltenham with a live chance in, in a Gold Cup or or not. You have another horse in the, in the yard there with Rebecca as well, a Phelan's boy who's kind of dropped off the radar a bit, but massively impressive animal from a couple of years ago, of course, winning that RSA. I don't think you've sat on him on the racetrack yet. No, no, I haven't. I haven't sat on the racetrack yet. I, I rode him the other day in Rebecca's yard, and uh, he's, he's loads of class. He's an RSA winner. Um, he had his problems then, but Rebecca's taking her time with him, and she seems to have him back in great nick, and... Uh, he ran actually quite a good race in the Gold Cup last year. He went off strong gallop and um, I know finished sixth, I think. But um, wasn't wasn't uh, was right there with Hugh Card and Don Cossack down to the third last. So um, 
he's a classy animal and he'll all all systems go for the Hennessy with him I think is um, as long as um, he's right and all he'll go for the Hennessy um, Saturday week he'll have a great profile for that if he comes back to his best he's one they'd all have to fear in that race oh definitely he was um, I suppose I've had a couple of interviews and um, he's one horse they've always said I'm excited to ride and he's always one horse that kind of a horse they would make you take a job like, like Rebecca's anyway but He's going into the Hennessy off a mark of 150, an RSA winner off 150 with Mike Clayton. He's running off 147. He's a, um, I, uh, if he gets there all well and good, then oh, they'll get a run in it somewhere or not. But yeah, Rebecca will make that call. It's a really exciting, that's going to be an exciting weekend for you with a Phelan's boy, and I'm really looking forward to him coming back. Let's talk about a few of the other horses in the yard then, uh, Johnny, if you don't mind, that maybe we haven't seen yet. Rebecca's been in such great form anyway. A few of them could be popping up at the Cheltenham meeting this weekend, uh, like of Vintage Vinny. I think you've won a couple of races on them already. Potter's Cross is uh, possibly engaged. Racing Pulse, who unseated you formerly with John Quinn. I think he unseated you last time out at Cheltenham, but... There's some nice horses possibly for this weekend that could be taking a spin. Yeah, um, on Saturday there, um, you have a lovely novice test at Orlac. Uh, won a bumper in Chatham last year. Shaped up a nice novice hurdler. And I suppose um, he mightn't have quite reached the heights they thought he would last season, but the way things are working out, I suppose the horses want to tell who they are this year. And he ran a really nice race. First time there, and Chepstow finished the second to um, get an outcome. Which you um, were riding, Johnny. You were on the other one, one two for the yard. Yeah, I was on. I was on. Yeah, I was, I was on definite outcome. And Arlac, I suppose, um, he had the point to point experience or chase experience behind him. Um, so he'll come. I'd say come on an awful lot from that run, Chepstow. Uh, so I'm looking forward to him on Saturday, and then um, Potter's Cross. Uh, we're kind of unsure what, what he'll run in the F, maybe between mile three and the. He's out of the handicap in the in the bed picture, so yeah. we don't know where he'll go yet. But he's in great order. And then I suppose Vintage Vinny, he he probably will go for the the bed picture, um, World Cup. And he's 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 in flying form at home, and he's been he's been really good Nick this season. Went the Prelude at Market Raisin, um, like got a little couple of weeks off and freshening him back up now for this race. So he's prime for it, and. Then you said then racing pulls he's there in the three miles three as well and he unseated me in Cheltenham last but um it's kinda of one of those mistakes he's, the ground was a bit quick so I suppose he might be ground dependent. But uh um a few nice ones there, like Hazan Astra is in, in the bumper and he looks like he could be could be anything at home and hopefully he's he's good on the racetrack as he is at home because if if he is um, he's one really to look forward to for the season. Very much so. We'll look forward to that. That's in the bumper on Sunday, La Casva Nostra. Um, it, yeah, it could be a very good weekend for you. Taking the Rebecca Curtis job, you mentioned it there that a horse like a Phelan's boy kind of makes it a, a, perhaps a no-brainer to get associated with a, a yard like that. But she's going so well anyway. Was it a difficult decision to make to join Rebecca's? I'm guessing the answer is no. It wasn't really. You know, you're, when, when you get a stable jockey job offer like that, yeah, I suppose you're up onto the next level. You have a yard of horses behind you and the way herself and, and girl Castle, her partner, the way they goodbye, they, they look to buy the best they can the whole time. So it's a real, um, uh, it's a real progressive team. And uh, no, uh, when when I when I sat down and looked at the horses they have and the horses they're after buying, um, it was an easy enough decision to make.
and Rebecca was very good. She offered to me the job at the Punchdown Festival and she said, take your time and um, suss it out and I did and so far so good, really, even taking it. She had a lot of confidence in a few Irish jockeys over the last couple of seasons, so it's great to get that nod and, and be involved there. You're still based at home, though. Yeah, I'm still living in Ireland, and I, and, I, and I go over and back quite regularly. And if I'm in the UK for a couple of days riding, I go back down with with, with Rebecca and, and ride out there and get a feel of a few horses and school a few. And um, No, but I'm still based in Ireland and still riding plenty in Ireland when I'm not over here. Yeah, over in the UK. It's great to be in demand, Johnny, and and, and career's going really well for you. And it's, it seems to be a really nice setup as well with Rebecca that you have going. I wanted to maybe just ask you one more question. If there was a couple of dark ones we haven't seen or heard of yet from Rebecca's, you could maybe give them a shout out. Well, that bumper horse that, that's in on Cheltenham on Sunday. I don't know whether he'll run or not, but uh, the cousin Astra, he hasn't he hasn't raced yet. Um, we'd be hopeful for him to be a, a proper horse. Um, Horsa won a novice hurdle and, and fast last on Sunday, Joe Farrell. He's one to follow for the season, I think. And um, another horse, one more, um, a horse called Jayor Brazilian. He, he came from France. He was um, in behind Paul Nichols' horse, the, the one to Fred Winter. And he hasn't ran yet in the UK. And I sat up on him at home and he looks to be very exciting, very there's plenty for us to stick, in, to stick in the tracker it's going to be an exciting uh, well a good few months yet to go in this jump season I just get going and, and you're going so well so thanks very much for coming on the race hour Johnny and uh, all the best today with your ride and of course over the weekend and beyond it's been a pleasure to talk to you on the race hour thanks very much Thanks very much to Jonathan Moore for giving us a fantastic insight to his start with the season with Rebecca Curtis. He seems very, very keen on the Phelan's boy for the Hennessy. Of course, that's coming up in a couple of weeks, but he's, he's also got a very nice grey one horse in Irish Cavalier. So they're set for big things and a few other horses that he pointed us to keep an eye out for over the weekend. Wish him all the very best and the yard, of course. Uh, Demo, a bit of housekeeping from you for the race hour? Just to remind everyone what the actual race hour is. It's on Sunday nights between 8 and 9. And it's just a chat hour on Twitter where we chat all things racing from the week. And you just type in hashtag race hour onto Twitter and you'll find it there. And as well as that, our tipping game is ongoing with OLBG Ireland. And I highly recommend getting involved. It's worth €700 Euro a month, completely free to enter. And all you have to do is tip horses over here in Ireland. And that's literally it, Dean. You know, it's a handy... Handy 700 euro coming up to Christmas. I hope no one gets involved so that I can run away with that competition, demo, as I told you last week. But um, yeah, it is open to all, so good luck. Um, we did ask a few of the Race Hour compadres on Twitter to give us their best bet of the weekend. We're about to have a look at all the racing as well coming up over the next few days. But uh, Al Belly, that's at Neptune on Twitter, likes sizing platinum for the weekend, made a nice debut for the yard. And if coming on for that, should go well in the bet fit to chase. Good luck to you, Kitty Trice. Haven't seen Simon Sig in the flesh. Hope he still retains some of his ability. Also excited about Altior. I think everyone would echo those comments. Can't wait to see him jump a fence. Kev McCalley, Moon Racer, Altior and Thistlecrack. Gone for the big three there. Um, most excited about them. More of that, though. It's the bet of the weekend. Likes Chitabello as well in the Great Wood. That goes for Harry Skelton. Fun Phillies Racing. Froden in the Bet Victor Gold Cup. Four-year-old but experienced and gets £9. Rated 151. Training form and the apprentice claims £3. Yeah, decent shout. A four-year-old in that race, though, is just something else. Um, Jake McGinley. Uh, that's the boy, J.M. 
DM on Twitter. Can't wait to see Moon Racer again, second race of the season, Supreme Prep. Have him at 20 to 1. Uh, to win the Supreme. Well, he's a bumper winner and he's got to go up against a horse I love and that's what about Carlo making a hurdles debut. So good luck with that, Jake. And uh, wish me luck with the flat rag uh, going back over hurdles. That should be a lot of fun for Eve Johnson-Horton. Um, we're going to start off with some of the weekend racing then, Demo. I think we should probably start with a big one, shouldn't we? The feature race at Cheltenham is the Bet Victor Gold Cup Handicap Chase. Uh, more of that's put in as favourite. Not sure he fits all the trends. Where do you want to start? Yeah, more of that is a horse I'm questioning for the year and always really. I mean, if he jumps around to the form, he, he holds, he wins this and he wins his hands down. It's, it's just he's blown up now too many times for me. Um, I find that with horses like that, when they can reach a certain level of exertion, they, they just don't tend to find any more. And I hope he does come back as we all do. It's always great to see a brilliant racehorse, but I couldn't back him at five to one. Sizing Platinum, if he goes for it, is interesting. As I said a few weeks ago, I thought he blew his load mark-wise the last day, but he only went up two pounds, Dean. So it's uh, very fortunate in comparison how visually came up against a horse like Fox Norton. So he's done well. Fox Norton got 15 pounds. Um, he got two pounds, and he was nearly as much of a distance back to the third as he was behind Fox Norton. So he was lucky. There probably is something in him, but form-wise, I'd be questioning him anyway. I like double shuffle, but... He's probably held by the horse that I'm putting up, and I know I think it, Dave McGurn here beside me is also putting up. It is as to me, I just think he's he's every chance in this. He's here off a decent mark of 138. He gets Sean Bowen. He was fifth in the JLT. He was only six lengths behind Bristol Demai at, uh, at Sandown last year. He had a lovely pipe opener last time out where he was just brilliant at Fontwell. And he's every chance in this for me, Dean. And I, I just think the 9 to 1 and 10 to 1 around is very big for a horse who's potentially very well in. Has Demo stole your thunder there, Dave? Are you going the same route? I like as to me, but I think it's an open race. I, yeah. I like both of Paul Nichols runners. I mean, Froden, a lot of people say four-year-olds, four-year-olds don't have a record in it because they don't run in the race. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, it's, 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 it's an awful trend to draw that out, isn't it? Um, I thought Froden looked impressive the last day. Uh, Shouty Village was how when he fell. I thought he's been aimed at this. Price is a bit skinny now. Uh, at a bigger price, Froden would have been the pick, but not at this price. Uh, as to me, the four, he's got four more of that. Now, more of that blew up at the festival last year, but he was four for four at Cheltenham uh, prior to that, and that includes beating Andy Power of the World Turtle. I mean, he's a class act here. Uh, he beat, as to me, by three lengths in in this meeting last year, but as to me, reposes here now on £15 better terms. So I think it's going to be, even if more of that is still at his best, it's going to be very close between them. Now, if we get any rain in the race, then I'll switch allegiance and I'll go over to Venetia Williams' horse, Asso. Yeah. I think soft ground, not going to get it, but that would be you know, a huge price at 16 to 1 on soft ground. So at the moment, I'm torn between Froden, as to me, and if more of that comes back to his best, he's got to be in the mix. But I think it's an open race. It's so open, I'm going to give you a completely different one, and that's Stiletto, who's gone to uh, Johnny Farrelly for uh, the Brookhouse colours. and. Formerly with Nichols, heavily back to the festival last year in Empire Dirt's race. I think it came down at the third. Noel Feely's booked for that 16 to 1. I don't think the ground will matter too much. A little bit of rain won't do any harm. So, for lovely weight, fits all the trends for me. And I think it's um, I think it's the overpriced one in the field. But I'll echo your comments. Wide open. Yeah, it's a cracking race in store, isn't it? Another race we should look at is the Schler. Where are you going to start? I mean, Simon Sig is back. Fox Norton is uh, stepping up. Special tiaras in the race. Possibly we're going to see Gardner Victoire, Top Gamble, Vibrato, Valtat. It's a decent field if they all go. They won't all go, though. 
No, I, I'm surprised Sebastian Tiara didn't start off favourite in this, uh, getting away from the field. Her last two runs at Cheltenham, or his last two runs at Cheltenham, have been matured in two champion chases. Fox Norton is up £15, given £4 to the selection. Up £15 for that win at Cheltenham. I think it's, it's, it's enough weight to carry. I don't know if Fox Norton has improved that much. The fact that he's moved yards as well now, he's having his first run for Tizard after being with uh, Neil Mulholland. So, just a few question marks there about uh, Fox Norton. I'd be happy to take him on to Bryce. Uh, of the others, Simon Sig, he's had three runs, three runs in the last three years. Uh, his last win was in the Arkle at Cheltenham. Since then, he disappointed at Autoy. They're obviously having huge problems getting him back to the track. I'd love to see him come back. I'd love to see him back at his best, but it'll be doubtful if he is. So I, I just think the way the race is framed, special Tiara is going to take all the beating. Yeah, I think we must have been uh, been studying together, Dave, last night because uh, I completely agree again. Just getting four pounds from Fox Norton is crazy. Getting ten pounds from Top Gamble. I mean, special Tiara is a celebration chase winner, a horse who should have won the Tingle Creek last year, uh, was robbed by Saida Grugy, in my opinion. He's a very good horse. He jumps travel now. He mightn't be at his best around Cheltenham, but. I don't think he needs to be in this race. He jumps, he travels, his form maps up, and how he's he's bottom way for this race. It's been framed fantastically, and seven to two is the better the, the weekend, if not the year. Dude. Yeah, I got there by default as well to specialty. I love to see Simon Sig uh, come back and run away with this. That would just be a magical moment. You can't really bet him at those prices no. with the with the doubts around it. I'm sure this field will cut up a bit, so. I'm with you. I think if you can get a bit of that 7-2 about special tiara, it's a decent pun. I wouldn't touch Fox Norton with a change of stable and stepping up against some far better animals than he faced last time. So, yeah, kind of in agreement. Let's talk about the Greatwood Hurdle. It's a, a fascinating contest because we have something at the top of the market. It could be, well, it could be very special indeed. And we don't know and we probably won't know until the race is run and that's winter escape. He could be absolutely anything. He's been brilliant so far. Uh, Barry Garrett, who rides, obviously, he, he just could be very, very special. And we just... We don't know enough about him. I couldn't back him at five to two now, Dean, but I couldn't put anyone off either. He's 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 done everything with such uh, such an ease that uh, you'd have to fancy him if you did. But five to two, nine to four for such a big field handicap, I couldn't. I actually liked two in this, um, just at big prices each way. I like Tommy Silver. I think he hasn't done what Paul Nichols thought he could do. He was brilliant winning a listed hurdle last year at Musselboro where. He just looked very, very good. I think it all happened a bit too quickly for him in the Triumph Hurdle. Uh, he got a bit out of pace, but a faster pace uh, in the Greywood looks assured, and he should enjoy that. And then the other horse I really like is Cyrus Marivier um, from the Ben Pauling stable, who looks very, very good. And um, he was brilliant last year at Doncaster, absolutely slammed the field, and um, he needed his run last time. He's been looked after. He gets cheap pieces back on, and um, a 20 to 1 as well, Dean. I just thought the two of them could be good horses. Yeah, I'm not going to repeat what you said about Tommy Silver. I kind of feel similar about that one. And, and Cires Morivier, or however it was pronounced, has certainly got more to come when they get him right. Hopefully, they get him right this weekend. What did you think of the Great Wood Day? I'd agree there. Winter Escape is way too short at the price. Yeah. Uh, could be anything unexposed, but way too short. I thought the value in the race was Leon Cavalla. Mm -hmm. Rolled it off 140. He was fit, uh, fifth in the Triumph. We were talking about So Royale and how impressive it was. But they've met four times. Uh, so Royale has beaten Liam Cavella last time out. But before that, uh, Liam Cavella has finished in front of him twice and was challenging him when falling at the last, uh, in December last year. So 
I just think 140 is, is a really decent mark. He's going to get a fast pace here. Any double figure price about Liam Cavella is a fair price. Yeah, and there's double figures about him at the moment. See, if you just took that favour out, we'd have a cracking contest in yeah. store to try and solve. But with him in, I'm wary of getting too stuck in. But Liam Cavallo, I think Sirius Morivier and Tommy Silva, they sit there at each way prices. They're maybe there to take a shot at that favourites. Cracking race to look forward to this week. We've got to pick out a few others, I think, across the weekend. I've got a few I want to mention. I know, Dave, you're probably going to talk about Nambor. Are you? He's going to be engaged somewhere this weekend. Well, if he goes in the Mallard Jewellers, it's up against Tisselcrack. Instead of, I'm assuming Mouse isn't going to do that. But I would hope not. But it would certainly be a decent <laughs> test for Tisselcrack. Yeah. And certainly cement his, his position in the front of the market for yeah. the World Cup. At the declarations, there's so many dual entries now, it's just very hard to see how the races are going to pan out. One horse I know that should go if he runs. I thought uh, Don McCain, running for Don McCain, Knockhouse, was a, a cracking bat at 20 to 1. He ran in the Kimure last year. Uh, he's been running over distances of three miles or, or less, but he ran in the Kimure. He sat stone last out the back with Nina Carberry, and then when she started bringing him through the field, he made a really, really bad mistake. It was badly hampered. He still managed to stay on fourth behind Cause of Causes. I thought it was a big run and steps up now to three months, three furlongs. And I think at 20 to 1, it could be, could be a decent each way bet. Yeah, I remember that run at the festival. It was me pulling my hair out at the time with the knockhouse. Um, it's certainly a bit more to come from that way. He's an interesting runner. Yeah, Dean, the whole, the whole meeting, obviously, as normal, looks absolutely brilliant. I mean, you've Moonracer potentially taking on Baliandi, which looks absolutely cracking. Um, you know, we already saw that at Perth this year. Both horses should come on for that, and we'll see then. You forgot about what about Carlo. Don't leave him out of that reckoning. He's a fantastic horse. I can't wait to see him jump out. Yeah, the top two look good. Yeah, yeah. What about Carlo? He'll be competing for the, you know, the other horses, 40 lengths back in third, and he, he, will be he might get a place. He will be the supreme novice favourite by Monday. That's as bullish and as wrong as me saying that Zabana was going to win the Gold Cup, Dean. Uh, but the race I'd be really looking forward to, if it does happen, is uh, Identity Thief and Altior. That yeah. would be such a brilliant early season marker for everyone involved because I'd fancy Identity Thief to come out the better of it this time of the year anyway. I mean, he's already had a run, Altior hasn't. That's the potential clash of the whole weekend, isn't it? Yeah, and I'm, I'm kind of thinking it won't happen. But I am it, as well. If, yeah. if it happens, it's the Arkle already. Does yeah, it's a big ask to put out here in against a horse uh, identity thief who's had the benefit of a run yeah. this early. I'd yeah. be surprised. And going back to that race with uh, Barry Andy and Moon Racer, that race apart, I thought a stiffer track like Cheltenham was going to suit Barry Andy yeah. more. Yeah. And, and I think he'd reverse that form. Barry Andy's been nibbled at now. He's uh, you can he's, get three to one. Barry Andy get three to one with one or two, and I think I think it's overpriced. Yeah. They'll be they'll be tighter on the day. A lot sure. tighter. I think they will. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I think they'll be tighter on the day. Anything else you want to pick out across the weekend? I've got a couple that I might mention, but I'll give you first crack. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing if uh, Barney Duan shows up uh, for for O'Brien. I thought he was running an absolute blind of a race. Had the race won at Kempton when falling last weekend, and I just think he um, he could be very good if he does show up. He was one of my horses to follow last year. I think he's he's brilliant, and as well as that, if Manella Rocco turns up to handicap chase on before the Bet Victor Gold Cup. He took. He he actually really impressed me last year, winning the uh, the four miler for Eric O'Connor, and I know the stable, the John Joe O'Neill stable, is not in brilliant form. A potential starting. Yeah, he could be. He he could definitely be. There's a horse I like in that race, demo Ned Stark. Oh yeah, of course. I think is. Um, Gordon Ellen now? Yeah, very shrewd purchase, I think. But Alan King absolutely adored him. You might remember, I think he went off 8-1 to one for a Hennessy. Uh, he went off 6-1 yeah. to one as well for the big handicap. They backed him for that Hennessy. At Cheltenham in 2015. He's on a mark of 1-3-3, three, three, which is Nothing. a gimme yeah. if they have him 
anywhere like I think is full potential so Ned Stark if he runs is a must follow for me wherever he does turn up I know that um, Jonathan Moore mentioned a couple of horses that we need to keep an eye out the Casva Nostra um, engaged in the bumper they said it could be anything and Aureliac in the novice um, whether that goes up against something very special I'm not sure but they were very keen on that being a decent animal and uh, just keep an eye out for Mick Jazz another Gordon Elliott horse runs in a grade 3 at Navan on Sunday another very shrewd purchase by them I think I want to go places it was formerly with Harry Fry so I think we kind of got the weekend wrapped up there lads but let's hope they all run he'd actually be a favourite for the great with last year he was well backed he and was. I'm sure uh, we'll come out for that role. Yeah, they, they managed to get a race into him, I think, yeah. already, and they did pick up. I mean, he didn't look anything like. He travelled well, but it was, yeah. there's, there's loads more to come from him. Gordon's so. brilliant at turning these horses inside out as well, isn't he? There's yeah. a couple of decent ride races on that card at Navan. Yeah. And if, if the cards stand up, it'll be a really decent day's racing. Yeah, and a bit of rainfall as well. We're going to get slightly more competitive stuff, although Gordon hasn't been afraid to run him anywhere, has he, so far? No, he's been going all, all over the world. I'm surprised he's not going to France a bit more now. He um, He's. He's astounding, but he's going for it this year. You can see the mile away. He's just he's going for the pure numbers angle, as he always does. But he seems to be really, really going for it this year, especially in Ireland. Well, good luck to him. He's got a fantastic group of horses. Gents, it's been a pleasure to have you in the studio once again for the Race Help podcast. Thanks to our hosts as well from Bet Bright. It's a very special offer coming from them. Keep an eye out for that on Saturday. You'll see it on the Race Help thread. And uh, have a great weekend. In second, Addy Power and more of that. The unbeaten pair, Big Bucks labouring slightly on the inside. Annie Power pushes her way through to challenge at Fisher's Cross and more of that at the last. More of that and Annie Power, a changing of the tide of the stairs, both with unbeaten records, come to the last together. More of that on the right, Annie Power on the left, the two set up the Cheltenham Hill. It's more of that, Barry Geraghty, narrowly from Annie Power, who enters unknown territory, and it's more of that. Who's going to preserve the unbeaten record? More of that. Five out of five wins the Labrooks World Hurdle for Barry Garrity. And another winner in the week for John Joe O'Neill. Yeah!